Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. We're sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everybody. Get it for free in the App Store. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Video calls in the time of darkness. I have no secondary comment to that. You just let, it, let that <laughs> let it let rise. That sit. Let it let rise. <laughs> Friendship between humans has many benefits, but sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Oh, Jen. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. How are you doing? Good. Um, I saw something fascinating today, which was I watched in awe and amazement as the as the neighbor's dog lifted his leg and peed directly into an empty flower pot. And the, I know it was incredible. The joy I felt, I was like, "Wow, what a good idea, peeing right in that pot." Yeah. Roscoe. And that's all that's that's all that's new in my life. <laughs> Roscoe. Oh my God. Uh, what's new in my life? Um, today I'm wearing, uh, so I, as I mentioned last time, I've been taking quarantine selfies and I have like a folder of quarantine looks on my phone. And today's look is called uh, Kids Go Play Outside, Mommy's Drinking Her Juice. Because <laughs> I'm, wearing, I'm wearing a very like lightweight cotton dress because uh, it is warm out today. And I'm wearing like a lightweight cotton robe and I look like I had just came out of the 60s and I'm just drinking from a martini glass. Like the martini glass is the thing that's missing right now. Oh, that's beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, I I can totally picture you like lounging in the shade by a pool and like starting to drink at like 7 a.m. And winking at the pool boys. Yes, absolutely. Jen, um, I have too many plants and it's something that I didn't realize until. so, So this is what's happening. I've always had a way to offload extra plants. Because what I do is I, every time I take a clipping, I plant the clipping in like a small pot and then I'll grow it for like my friends to take. And there's so, I have so many now because I haven't seen people that I've had to start combining the small pots into larger pots. So now I have these giant extra plants that I don't need and I'll, and I'm, I don't know how to get rid of them. I'm thinking about just like, I might just put them outside and be like, okay, friends, Come walk to my apartment if you That's want to sweet. plant. I could, I mean, I say I would totally take, uh, oh, I almost said I would take the L up and come see you and grab a plant, no. but I actually would not do that. But I could maybe get a ride up there. Oh, that'd be so nice. I, I know you've got a fern with my name on it. I do. It literally has your name on it, by the way. <laughs> I like, I don't know if you, if I said that to you, but like, you're right. It has, it says Jen. There's one that says Jen, one that says Eleanor and one that says Kevin and one that says the Green Knight because I named my fern the Green Knight because Adventure Time. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, I have something I wanted to say to you. Um, <gasps> Tell me. I watched Birds of Prey. <gasps> yes, you did. Oh, man. I cannot believe how enjoyable that movie was. Um, I thought I'm not super into like DC movies, I, I guess. I don't know. I just I really have no oh, yeah. opinion on them. But I cannot believe like it actually made me forget about difficult things in life for like an entire like four minutes. Like and that's the best. That's the like the highest praise I can give a movie right now. It was great. It's such like a big, colorful, stylized movie. And it's so good to just like let go. And like there's this one scene. My favorite scene is, and no spoilers here, uh, when Harley goes into the police station to go get Cassandra Kane. 
that's like my favorite scene. And it's so unrealistic because in real life, cops would have just shot Harley. Right. <laughs> like they wouldn't they wouldn't be running away from her. They would like, you know, they're they're militarized in real life sort of thing. But it's, so it's that kind of movie that like just like go and enjoy it and pretend the world is OK for just like two hours or whatever. When you told me that you watched it, I was like, Connell, we have to watch it right now. So it's fresh in my memory. And so my partner and I watched it and I have not yet watched this film next to a man. And Connell kept on pointing out, wow, there's another groin kick. Wow, there's another groin kick. Wow, they really like kicking men in the groin in this movie. And I was like, I did not notice that at all the first time watching this. You literally had to point that out to me. Did you notice all the groin kicking? Not really. I mean, I knew that was, I mean, now that you mention it, I'm like, yeah, there was a lot of that. But it wasn't something that stood out to me. Like, it's technically a dirty move. But here's the truth, man. Harley Quinn's a bad guy. Okay? She'll kick you in the dick. Yeah, she is. And she comes by it honestly. So I didn't really know anything about it other than it was Harley Quinn and like a bunch of other other women characters. And I just assumed that it was like a heist movie. Like I because I've never seen that many women like on a cast before for a movie like this. So I just assumed that they were all in it together. Oh, man, they all have different motives and and styles of fighting and things they want and things they're fighting for. And it was like, oh, I've never seen never really seen that. There's usually like one or two women that have motivations. Oh, yeah. Like I love so I love that everybody had I, I love that you've been pointed out the fighting style thing, because that was something that really stood out to me that Re- Renee Montoya, the cop, you know, fights like a boxer and Harley Quinn fights like a gymnast, you know, yeah. because she just does everything with style. And Dinah Lance fights like I would I, the first time she got into a fight and uh, they were playing like the, that 70s funk music. It reminded me of Cowboy Bebop. Oh, because yeah. Cowboy Bebop's fights are very stylized and put with like a very like good beat kind of thing. Remind me of that. Yeah, I. it's a very good film. If you want to watch something, go for it. Yeah, yeah. I also love, this isn't a spoiler either because it happens right away and it's like the premise of the movie, but I loved seeing a breakup scene that didn't involve just a dude drinking whiskey at a bar. Like we got to see- Oh my God. Yeah, it was like so refreshing. Like this is how she's dealing with this breakup. And you know, she's an unstable villain. So she like blows things up, but it was like really fun to watch her do all that. It's really fun. I think one of my favorite parts of the movie is the fact that Harley's definitely a villain. You know, she's a bad guy. But like, I don't think that anybody would say Harley Quinn is, is morally shitty or something like that. So it's like it's fun to watch her steal things and you want her to steal things, you know, even though she's a bad guy. Uh, Jen, have you been like watching, enjoying uh, any other pop culture that we should talk about in Pop Culture Corner? I have, uh, you know, this novel thing during quarantine, watching movies. Who knew? It's um, I have weird. seen. I, yeah, crazy. I've seen I, Tanya, um, which is another Margot Rowe movie. And it was funny to go from I, Tanya to Birds of Prey because she's so good in both of oh them. Oh, my gosh. Um, now quickly I becoming watch it. one of Yeah, it's great. It's really good. I would say read the content warnings. Okay. But it's not. I, I also read the content warnings because I was a little nervous, but it actually turned out to be perfectly. It's such a highly stylized movie. That made it feel a little like, oh, I'm watching a movie now. It wasn't so immersive that I found it upsetting. Yes. Um, It just felt like an entertaining movie. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, definitely would recommend it. That's and and that's the kind of like I don't I don't really like violence. Like I, I hate torture porn kind of movies. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we're just showing this to show it. And one of the things that I liked about Birds of Prey is that the violence was either fun to watch because it was again, we use the same words, super stylized, like lots of glitter and color and stuff like that. Or the violence was implied or off camera in a way that wasn't like consumptive of the violence. And it, it was more it's just so good how like they show these shitty situations happening to people, but they don't show like the gross parts. And so it's it's not ever shown as titillating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, there is a little on screen violence in I, Tanya. 
maybe more than a little. I don't know how to describe it. But I did really like that about Birds of Prey. Like, we don't need to see the people being punished. We just see the aftermath of, like, Bruce, the, the hyena, chewing on someone's leg. Yeah! Oh, Bruce! He's a good boy. Oh, man, what else? So, Jen, uh, when I was in high school, I took sewing class because it was offered and I did not need any more real credits because I took extra classes every single year I went to high school except for senior year. Nerd. I took zero hour. So that's an, an entire one more class onto your day every day because that's how I lived. Anyway, so I kind of know how to sew is what I'm saying. And I own a sewing machine. Ooh. Uh, and uh, and so finally uh, yesterday I was like, OK, I'm going to try and make a mask. Masks. I'm going to try and make masks. If you're not familiar, listeners, um, it is being recommended now to wear masks every time you go outside. And I don't think it's because, you know, the air is infected or something like that. It's twofold. One, you know, the physical act of, you know, keeping your wet droplets to yourself. And, and two, it's also like social signaling. It's I'm wearing this mask. I'm taking this seriously. I hope you also take this seriously. Stay six feet away from me. So Connell and I decided that even if we're not going into a building like the grocery store or something, we're still going to wear masks outside. So I pull up my sewing machine and there's no power cord. I don't know what it is, but like it's completely missing. Also, I realized for the first time after owning this sewing machine for five years, I have a Project Runway special edition brother sewing machine, Jen. <gasps> oh my God, what? Isn't that weird? It's just the sticker. Like the only difference is that there's a Project One <gasps> Runway sticker on the fucking sewing machine, which I thought was very oh, funny. Oh, I love it. That's from early seasons. That's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that Lisa's something you actually like have heard about. That's amazing. Because I've never watched Project Runway, but like I was like, mm, Jen yeah. Anyway, could not find the power cord. So I hand sewed this mask. And oh, my God, <laughs> Jen, uh, I don't recommend it. Uh, anybody who's going to like make a mask, uh, do the no sew mask rather than do the hand sew mask, because I seriously spent like four hours making this horrible thing and it doesn't work and I'm going to have to do it over again. Just just learn from my mistakes, everyone. Google the... Um, what does it look like? Here, what I does it look like? Is, it, is it a cute fabric? No. Yeah, show it's me. It's not even cute. Well, one one hot tip I can share. Sorry about the background noise, everybody, because I'm exiting my closet to grab my mask. Um, one hot tip I can share is that so there's very little elastic available. And if you are uh, t a person with short hair like me, you don't own you know hair ties that are elastic. And they recommend you know putting that in your mask. I cut apart a pair of uh, pantyhose and it's perfectly stretchy fabric oh. and it works really well. And and one pair of pantyhose will make like 50 elastics because they're so stretchy. And when you pull them, they stay long. So anyway, so Jen, if, I don't know if you can see the mask. It's stupid. I like it. it. This is so up your alley. It's like, you know, you love you are always into upcycling things. This is so your thing. I love this, it. This is made out of Connell's Mass Effect Andromeda T-shirt. <laughs> What? He wanted to cut that up? I can't well, believe he, it. Well, he owns a few. <laughs> so uh, I've been using bandanas and scarves. We have a lot of bandanas in the household because um, so, I like to buy them for Mavi. Oh, yeah. And then we sometimes I like to wear them, too. So like we share them. And usually I drop them in the wash before I put them on after the dog's worn them. But not always. So here's a thing, Jen, that uh, is completely off topic. And even though I want to keep talking about the masks, I think this is more important. So... I feel that in quarantine, for those of us who have the privilege to work from home and stay in quarantine, we're slowly discovering how gross we are, you know, because like I feel like everybody has oh, yeah. really gross things that they do, but they ha they but they don't know it's gross. It's like, here's a good example. 
So um, when a person with a beard lives with a person with not a beard, the person with a beard will trim their beard and not realize there's like a few hairs still left in the sink, you know, because it's not gross to them. It's their beard or whatever. Even if they clean really well and they're very cleanly, like sometimes that'll happen. And for me, I'm like, oh, my God, your hair is all over the sink. But also for me, like I'll um, I'll let my plants drain in the bathtub and there'll be a bunch of like, you know, potting soil in the bathtub. And I'll be like, no big deal. Just take a shower. It'll like run down the drain. And my husband will be like, you're putting literal dirt in the place <laughs> where I am trying to literally cleanse my body. So I don't know if that's, that's the best amazing. move. But so what I'm saying is like, we're, I feel like I'm starting to see the weird gross shit that I do. Another example is I'm really bad at putting, I don't know why, but every time I take the sticker off of a piece of fruit, I stick it to my shirt. That is so cute. I do that too. I do. I, actually, I do that because I used to stick it on the sink. And that's way more annoying. So anyway, so now I'm finding all these stickers places. You know those little pimple patches that I love? They're they're yep, fucking everywhere in my house. And I get in and I didn't <laughs> and I didn't notice it because like, you know, I'm only really paying attention to like my floor like so many minutes a day, you know? What gross shit do you do, babe? For me, so for me is I put everything in my pocket. Everything. Like um the like everything. Like if there's something like a way like uh like oh there's a Kleenex on the floor, pick it pick it up, put it in my pocket. I'll throw it away later. Or I'll just find it in my pocket later. Like Mavi has taken to tearing up all of her toys and so she leaves like this fuzz everywhere. So I'll walk by, pick it up, put it in my pocket, even though the garbage can is seven feet away. Um and I've nowhere else to be. <laughs> like this. I could I could journey toward the garbage can or just put it in my pocket. And then at the end of the day, you know, when I change clothes, if if I change clothes, <laughs> open my pockets and I'm like, oh, huh, how'd all this get in here? I have like a little collection of weird little things. Jen, I, I see you, your weird pocket habit, and I raise you that sometimes I put the food I'm actively eating in my pocket. So <laughs> In particular, I really love slowly eating dark chocolate over the course of like an hour. Like it'll be just like like three oh, pieces, man. but I'll put it in my pocket. And I have indeed washed and dried chocolate into my pockets before. Ah, oh, pocket chocolate, the best. My favorite kind of chocolate right now is cold chocolate. Ooh. Like I put it in the freezer Ooh. and then when I take it out and I, yeah, my favorite thing right now is cold chocolate, red wine and the television. And I do all of those things in combination many nights That's a week. That's my good bitch. That's my good bitch. <laughs> this is a really great transition into our first question. So Jen and I were uh, talking about this and we got a question that we feel like is general enough that we're going to just discuss it. And then we're going to go into a second question that's more specific and more in depth. And we may continue doing this in the future. So if you have a question, but you're not sure what to ask. So say you have a topic for discussion, like I don't really know exactly what to ask about the gross shit that I keep in my pockets, but hey, friendshiping, could you talk about the gross shit you put in your pockets? Something like that. Or I'm in school and I'm having trouble with relationships with my teachers and I can't really figure out exactly what I want to ask, but I was wondering if you have any advice about relating to my professors, that sort of thing. Is that a good description of what we're trying to do? Yes, absolutely. So we're trying to do a broad discussion and then go into a question like always. Yes. Sweet. All right. Do you want to do the first one or the second one? I'll do the first one. Hit it. All right. How do you funky fresh humans? As you can probably tell from my greeting, I am enlisting the aid of absurdity to fight off pessimism in a trying time. I'm sure you'll agree that we're all going through it right now. So how about a nice little discussion about how we as human beings can fight off the terrible dark feelings of pessimism? Love your work. Hope you keep it up. Have a good one from a he, they, them. Yeah, fantastic. This is hard. One thing that, that struck me right away is 
you know, we've consistently had existential threats throughout our lifetimes, you know, and humans tend to pull things together at the last fucking minute. So I'm not saying things are going to be okay or something like that. But what makes me feel good is to think about the fact that civilizations have risen and crumbled over and over and over again. And people have had lives throughout every phase of those civilizations rising and crumbling. Like, I mean, I, I think that if people really got a grasp on how many times we've tried the experiment of society, um, we might feel better about our chances of restarting it in the future. If like all, all, if all goes to shit, you know, I'm not saying it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because it would be the worst if everything went to shit. But what I'm saying is like, they're not going to be easy in the short or long term, but life goes on because it just fucking does. And it always has like humanity hasn't been here for very long, but we've gotten a lot done. You know, <laughs> like we've, yeah, we've left yeah. ruins in in rainforests in deserts in, you know, mountain basins uh, and things like that. So I care much less about the end of my story than I do about the end of the human story. And I don't think this is the end of the human story. Like definitely like sadness and despair happen on a very individual level. And I think that that is something we shouldn't ignore, you know, but I, I really like what you're saying. Thanks. There's been moments of sweetness in even like the worst, most difficult places to learn. Yeah, I mean, Trin, I think that was great. And I think what you're getting at, at is that humans keep going. They just do. They just keep trying. They keep experimenting and they pull shit together. I mean, there's a million examples of this not happening, but there are also a million examples of it of it happening. So I think my advice in times of darkness is to zoom out and look at history a little bit because it provides like a really a framework for humans getting it done. And I also one thing I've been doing is like really diving into a fic like a stories of fiction. To me, fictional stories are what taught me empathy and what taught me to like feel things. And uh, right now, I don't need like more of that, but um, it really provides a perspective into, wow, this is what this character is going through, and it's based on real life. And that's really, um, it really opens my eyes to like, to my own situation, like it provides some much needed perspective. Jen, I love that, especially because when we talk about art and we talk about like what it represents and its importance in our lives, I think about the fact that, you know, justice and kindness and morality are all human inventions, you know, like we can look in the world and find bleakness and struggle because that is that is the natural state of things. You know, being rewarded for goodness is completely a human invention, you know, like, no, I mean, obviously, like people have like spiritual feelings about that. But this is from my perspective. There are no rules in the universe other than things end and things die. And this sounds really sad, but, but here's where I find happiness. It's that humans decided we want to do better than that. We made moral codes and laws and ways to treat each other. We discovered psychiatry and psychology like really, really recently. We've only really been dealing with the concept of like reparenting yourselves or learning how childhood memories and brain chemicals and uh, the things that have happened to you, how the, those things change us and how they make you see the world. I think maybe for the first time widely learning how to reteach ourselves, you know, and, and adapt. And I think that's that's really wild. You know, I think sometimes we forget that, you know, humans do create big, terrible things. You know, we create atomic bombs and we create climate change and we create, you know, this uh, we didn't create the virus, but we created a society in which it unevenly attacks certain people and unevenly affects society. But we also did 
invent vaccines. And we did invent the concept of like people being punished for being bad. You know, we're not terrible. You know, (laughs) I don't think Um, there's this Carl Sagan quote that every nerd is tattooed on their ass somewhere, which is um, for small creatures such as we, the vastness is bearable only through love. And I 100 (laughs) percent agree with that because love, a human invention, because I mean, like certainly you could say that sweetness and compassion can exist within animal and species. But when you're talking about something like mutual understanding of another person, that is human. And leaning into that and accepting that, like, yes, this is happening. Yes, we're having, you know, a time of, of deep despair, but I am still human and I can still make good happen because that's what humans do. Yeah. One thing that um that I've been doing that I've been allowing myself is not completely chasing away the despair when I feel it. I mean, I'm not like steeping myself in it because that's not productive, but I should feel things right now. Like personally, that is much healthier for me rather than ignoring or chasing things away. So like the other day I was on a walk with the dog. And, uh, you know, social distancing walk, we're staying like 10, 10 feet apart from other people when we see them. Um, and, uh, you know, every storefront, every sh- coffee shop, every restaurant in my neighborhood right now has a closed sign up. And uh, the one that they all affect, they all like get to me. But the one that made me stop and stare at it was a sign on a dry cleaner that said new pandemic hours. And then it like listed and something about the phrase new pandemic oh God, hours right? made me feel like this feels like environmental storytelling in like a video game. But it's real. Like this is like really happening. Like this, we are really adjusting for a worldwide pandemic right now. And I have been grappling with the idea that this will almost certainly not be the last time this happens in our lifetime trend. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, even just the concept of like there being this enormous world shifting change you know, happening in our lifetime. Yep. I, don't, I, I agree with you, Jen. I think it'll happen, you know, more than once. But I also love that that is that is an example of, hey, we're we're still going. You know, it's funny because like, I mean, I don't and I don't know if this is the correct conclusion to draw, but it's the one that my brain wants to draw is that, you know, I'm feeling less fearful of other big as existential threats, not climate change. I'm still afraid of climate change, but things that like I 100 percent have no say in, like a meteor hitting the planet or like, you know, uh, what what's another or like the mega volcano going off kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I know, I, I'm sorry I'm listing things that like make you anxious, but here's the thing, like a big thing happened and we're st- and we're still moving, you know. The big terrible thing occurred and we are dealing with it. It's not fun. It's not good. There's nothing good about this, you know, but seeing human society kind of deal with this is, is I think, uh, if nothing else, I'm encouraged to see what happens next. Um, Hopefully it's like, you know, Trump being held accountable for his many, many crimes. But who knows? On a micro level, things that have been helping me, maybe you can share some of those, too. Um, For me, it's being very aware of when my anxiety creeps in, because during the day, when there's maybe even a little bit of sunshine or I'm answering email, I can I sort of feel like like I, I don't forget. I never forget, but it feels a little bit normal because I do work from home pretty often. So for me, the real anxiety creeps in between the hours of like four and 10 p.m. So every evening, my husband and I have some kind of activity, even if it's just like, OK, we're going to watch this movie or we're going to play on the Internet or uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to open this new bottle of wine, like something small to look forward to. That's um. That, that tries to like step in front of the creeping anxiety that's been helpful to me. Another thing that, um, you know, I've never stayed home quite this much. So between when I finish work for the day, um, if I manage to get anything done, uh, one thing I do is make sure to change something about the work environment because I don't, I don't unfortunately don't have an office um, 
or like space for a desk in my place. So we do a lot of work at like the dining room and the living room and that will just continue to be the workspace unless I change something about it. So we put our laptops away. I'll clean up a little bit. This is usually when I start disinfecting all the surfaces in the house. I'll light a candle, I'll pour some kind of drink and like be like, okay, now we're entering the phase of the of the day where we don't answer email. Like I need to I need that external change. Otherwise, I will just continue to be in the same zone that I am that I'm in all day. That's a really good idea, Jen. I really like that a lot. Honestly, my only the thing that I do when I'm sad is I just, you know, I I live with three snuggly mammals, a husband and two cats, and I just put my face onto one of them and I feel a little better. (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. It really is. You know, I, 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 I feel very silly about how basic my coping skills are, like counting my blessings is a big deal. Thinking about People who have struggled and lived through darkness and accomplished great things is good. But also considering the fact that there are people who lived and struggled through darkness and just enjoyed their life and had moments of sweetness, you know, remembering that is really good. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's fine, too. You know, sometimes the simple things really are the most important. The small things really are the most important. Like the fact that I have access to my entire bookshelf right now is like giving me a lot of joy. The fact, like, I spent, I spent like a half hour yesterday just like watching my dog and I was like, oh, I'm so thankful for you. Yeah. Um, and I'm so, yeah, I just like, oh man, you, this, this animal is getting me through this. I think probably people we know all have something like that that's helping them get through it. And I'm just trying to lean really hard into those small things. And I, Jen, you said this earlier that I want to, I, I think this is a good place to, to close off this part of the, the podcast, but just accepting the fact that you are going to be sad sometimes and that if you're depressed or miserable or upset like that's not you failing to make yourself feel better that's just the proper emotion to feel at the time absolutely i had a friend reach out to me recently and be like so i feel normal levels of anxiety is that okay and i was like what do you what do you mean and he's like you know i don't i'm not feeling um the same despair that all my other people are feeling and i wanted to be like whatever you're feeling right now as long as it's not making you like act badly and it's not yes. y- it's valid okay like mm-hmm. it's not making you act poorly or not follow protocol it's just all internal yeah that's fine like write it out maybe that you're in a good position to help other people right now if you're feeling your normal level of anxiety i 100% agree with you jen okay well shall we okay okay <laughs> okay everyone let's let's make this a little cheerier <laughs> no, it's fine. We're all depressed here and we're happy about it. No big deal. But let's just go into the second question. Yeah. Yeah, I really like the second question. I, Trin, do you want to read? I do. And I feel very deeply, I feel a deep kinship with this person because I have had some feelings about this. I go, anyway, I'm going to read the question and then I'll discuss my feelings. My friends are constantly planning Zoom calls, which is good. Side note, Zoom, if you're not familiar with it, is an app on your computer where you do a video call uh, with a bunch of people. So it sounds like this is uh, what their friend group is doing to stay in touch through the pandemic. This is good and horrible. Some of them are fun. We play games together and hang out. But we're now hanging out more online than we did in real life before the pandemic. And before the pandemic, I didn't have that much social energy to spare anyway. I feel like I can't decline these calls because I work from home now, and technically I don't really have a good excuse not to go. Like I would never have conflicting plans to explain away my absence. How do I juggle all these Google Hangouts, Zoom calls, and email threads? Oh, this is such a good question. So the first thing I want to say, the asker said, I don't have a good excuse for not attending these. I'm going to challenge challenge that. You actually do have a good excuse. 
Um, your excuse is, I don't feel like going. Like, that is reason enough. <laughs> you do not have to invent reasons for not wanting to socialize or do these Zoom calls. That is so okay. Like, the fact that, like, you don't feel up to it is completely valid. So, I mean, like, right there, that should be the place you're starting from, that it is okay not to go on these, so- these Zoom calls every single day. Just because you don't have, like, a clear, concrete, I have soccer practice, I'm going to karate lessons, my pottery uh, exhibition is tonight, you can still just not feel like doing it. I can understand why it would be difficult to say no, because one, you may feel like you need an excuse, or two, saying something like, oh, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't feel like it or whatever, it, it may make your friends worry that, like, you're sad or something like that. But we can talk about some scripts into declining. And man, like, I'll tell you what, dude, like, I get the same social energy out of a a Zoom call than I do in like real life hanging out with my friends personally. And I think that that's true for a lot of people. So my husband is an extreme extrovert. And as I mentioned before, he's, you know, playing a lot of Call of Duty with his Canada boys. And he'll be like high on that for like two hours afterwards because he's such an introvert and he's finally getting a little a little taste of that sweet, sweet social juice, you know, slurp, slurp. But (laughs) Mm, slurp right. But like I can only take like one shot of social juice. I can't drink it down like like a gallon of V8 or something like that. Like I just nobody drinks a gallon of V8. But, you know, like you can only social juice revs up certain people and it is a, a drain for other people. And you are having a drain. You are using a lot of energy that you need to use on yourself in these Zoom calls. Yeah. So I would say, you know, say whatever feels right to you, but get in the habit of saying things like, um, I'm out for tonight, but have fun. Or uh, I'm limiting screen time, so I'm going to sit this one out. Or I'm in the middle of a book, or so I'm not going to... Or Zoom calls aren't my thing. I don't know. Whatever feels right, whatever feels honest. Mm-hmm. Again, you can make up little white lies, like if you're not in the middle of a book, if you'd rather just be on the computer doing other things, that's also fine. The only white lie I would caution you against right now is saying like, "Eh, I don't feel well, I have a headache, because that might make your friends start to ask questions about your health and that you don't need to answer. Um, So that might be the, the white lie not to use in this moment. You can get out of this and it's totally okay to listen to your feelings. I wouldn't say we're encouraging you to abandon your friendships right now. Like don't don't you do need companionship and you do need people, but you need low stress, low obligation companionship. And honestly, you might never be like a video call person. Like, you know how some friends just take forever to text you back or only check their uh, social emails on the weekend. Like we all have different communication styles. This might just not be yours and that's okay. Jen, I'm so glad you said that, especially the part about like different communication styles, because I forgot that Twitter was like one of my main ways that I was social for a really long time. And having and stepping back from Twitter has given me more social energy to spend on like little social energy points to spend on the people who are really close to me. And so I, I get on yeah, the Zoom call. Little tokens. It's, it's very it's it feels very much like that for sure. If you want to explain it as like your quirk, I mean, then then do it. That That's, I think, a comfortable way of describing how you feel about this. Some people like I play on a PC instead of a console, you know, it's just and it's just because that feels more natural to me. Um, it's like, Jen, tell me if you've had this experience, too. You know, the people who, you know, have not really worked from home consistently and so they don't really know Zoom etiquette yet. Yes. Uh, yes. So like people will will like, um, God, poor Connell. So 
Connell works like at, a, at an office and there will be people who are like, oh, I'm so sorry that my cat jumped into frame. Oh, I'm so sorry. And Connell's like, are you kidding me? Everyone's here to look at your cat and your dog. No, don't. Yeah, that's the whole point don't of this. Don't apologize for your dog barking. We're all going to say hello. Like, please relax. It's OK. Um, I think discovering your communication quirks, I think that's going to be a big thing people are, are noticing now. Relieving the pressure of having to like, go out if that's not something that you typically want to do. Try to notice what you do with that energy. Does that feel better for you or does it feel worse for you? This could be, again, there's no silver lining to this, but this could be a time of discovery for you. Yeah. Trin, you mentioned Zoom etiquette. So one thing I do when um, this is just like my little gift to the world. <laughs> so you're welcome, world. Thanks. Whenever someone is screen sharing, whenever someone is screen sharing and they maybe forget for a second that they're screen sharing, I always tell them. I always go, just so you know, we can still see your screen. Oh. We can still see your screen. Uh, because... You know, you never fucking know. You don't. Like, <laughs> you don't know. I mean, I'm, whenever I'm ready to screen share, I hide like everything. You would think I had like some really like dirt, something dirty on my computer with the way I <laughs> hide it. I have like nothing to hide. The only thing like is like, oh, she was in the middle of an episode of Scandal right before this. Maybe pay this forward, people. If someone is screen sharing in a social or professional setting, be like, be the one to remind them, hey, we can still see, can still see what you're doing, we can still see it. And like other listeners may be listening to this and saying like, oh, yeah, Zoom calls all the time. That sounds like so much stress and so much work. It might not be so much stress and so much work for you. You know, you may be dreading this group call with your friends. Uh, but if you don't consistently have those things, I would suggest pushing yourself. Please don't listen to this answer and take from it. Oh, I should not push myself to like hang out with my friends and see them. Like like Jen said before, we're not saying abandon your friendships. Just Keep an eye on the energy level that you have. It is good to scale back, but it's also good to push yourself outside of your box and see if there's something that you could be doing to make yourself feel more comfortable in this time that you're not. Yeah, I mean, find your balance, right? Um, in, the, in like the first week, I feel like I had two Zoom calls a day oh God, right. for like seven days straight because we were all like, OK, we're, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And now things have evened out a little bit. Like every Wednesday we have, we all meet for online trivia. Like we figured out a schedule that, that works for us. And that's really gives me something nice to look forward to. Yeah. So we're all just like figuring this out week by week, day by day. But do keep an eye on, uh, keep an eye on your feelings, right? Are you like, man, I miss my friends. When I was walking the dog by, um, walking the dog the other day past one of my friend's houses and, uh, I got this ache. Oh. I was like, man, it's been a really long time. Since I've been, uh, you know, this is this is a friend, a couple that we spend a lot of weekends with. Like, they're the place we hang out late Saturday nights where we get drunk and watch Vines and YouTube videos. And then my husband and I stumble home because we live nearby. And I was like, wow, I hope we get to do that again soon. That's going to be really, <sighs> when we get to do that again, that's going to be a really happy time. It's so hard to remember that this has to end at some point. Or at least, or maybe yeah. this is just me. But like, I... um. It's I keep on um, like my big thing that I have to fight is it's not like necessarily despair or anything like that. I would say that, like, you know, I'm taking this easier than most people because I'm such a pure introvert and I really, really need time alone. And now, like, I'm forced to have it and people are forced away from me. So some of this has been beneficial for my brain chemicals specifically. Um, but like you, we have to remember that there will be a time after this and maintaining our friendships by going to one or two Zoom calls, calls that we don't really feel like going to, um, it may be worthwhile. That's a good point. I don't know what normal will look like after this, because definitely some things are going to change on a big scale and then in our own personal lives. But maybe this is a good time to think about what you do want to take with you after this. You do want to see your friends doing this activity again. 
you do want to keep up this friendship that maybe you just made it like a new friend and you're worried that you're falling out of touch with them. This is kind of a good time to do a little, maybe some emotional housekeeping. Mm-hmm. If you can spare any any time or energy to that, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, you, you're going to start to miss people and that's that's a sign that you care. Yeah. We also have to remember that, like, you know, it feels like this has been forever, but it's only been like four weeks over in the States. Four, four or five, five weeks. Yeah. Kind of depends where you are. But yeah, exactly. It hasn't been yeah, that long. Like I went to my therapist yesterday and I was like, I feel like I'm doing OK through this and blah, blah. And my therapist was like, right. But it's been four weeks, which feels like a long time. But this may be happening for a few months. So like, even though you feel good now, keep an eye on your emotions. Keep an eye on how this is going for you sort of thing. Yeah. So we're not saying plan a party for April 31st, the day after like the quarantine, like potentially maybe lifts sort of thing. But it's okay to like think about what goals you want to do when you can see people. Like I've been putting off and putting off my fossil hunting trip. And uh, I've been starting to like talk to my fossil hunting friends about like, hey, so maybe next September and thinking about that. And even though that's not something that's like directly in our radar. Planning a hypothetical trip has been a great bonding experience with me and them. And it's also not something that we do live. We have just a document where we throw all of our ideas in. So it may just be that like having like the live moment of your friends on this Zoom call, this planned big event is a big deal. So maybe start reaching out in those other different ways. Be a little bit more creative. Don't wait for your plan- your friends to plan a call. Like reach out to them in the way that's comfortable for you first. Yeah, that's really good. Man, I love the idea of having something to look forward to. And I agree, don't put strict dates on oh, it yeah. right now because that might um, lead to lead to disappointment or uh, get you too hyped about up about something that may not happen. But I do love the idea of being like, hey, next spring, a year from now, let's do this. Um, it can be small too. I, I think I briefly mentioned this, maybe it got cut in the last episode, but my best friend is moving back to Chicago um, from California. And we decided that, well, I decided, I, don't, I can't remember if she agreed to this, but uh, Who cares? Uh, whatever, <laughs> um, that I wanted to have a little reunion party at the same place that we had her goodbye <gasps> party. Because I thought that would be nice My too. Because it's a bar that we love. Yeah, I thought that would be such a nice like full circle thing. And it's this bar in Chicago called Sheffield's. And interestingly enough, a couple, like maybe two months ago, the bar got really badly vandalized. Like it, uh, some, this was before the pandemic, but like someone threw bricks through the window <sighs> and uh, all the windows are boarded up. And it was like the, the pictures were startling because this is a bar that I've had a lot of good, a lot of good, a lot of big, important moments in. And I was like, oh, no, Sheffield's. But then like the, the article that was like written about it was the most Chicago thing ever. Like the bartenders and owners were like, yeah, we're still open. Um, it's don't worry. It, you know, we made sure we have heaters on. So it's still warm inside. Come on, get drunk in here. We're still serving food. It's perfectly safe. So, yeah, come on in. And they like totally downplayed the vandalism. And I was like, this is the most Chicago thing right. ever. And now I really can't wait to get back there whenever whenever it finally happens. I can't wait to get back there and give them give them some of my oh. money. Yeah. Connell and I had to um I guess we could say the word reschedule our Canada wedding um, because we were planning on doing it at the end of June. And of course, that's not going to happen. And it's a bummer, you know, but it's not it's not terrible. Like the um, the caterer is like, oh, we're in for 2021. Like, okay, cool. And we let them just like keep the, you know, deposit, of course, because like one like they're like a family business that we know sort of thing. And like anyway. Long story right. short, um, so in my head, uh, I'm planning, I, I, like, the wedding plans are becoming more extravagant because more time has been forced on me. So now I'm like, uh, now right. I'm like oh my God, am I going to start, like, handcrafting, like, centerpieces or something like that? Because I've never, that never crossed my mind. 
But now that I have something that is further away and I'm excited for it and, and all that sort of thing, like I want to like I I think it will be healing for me to like be actively working on something that will, you know, play into that future date. But it's funny because Colin, I keep saying like, yeah, we're going to have our fake wedding in 2025. Very excited about it sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. But like, so and I, I bring this up because I think it's a good example of the balance of it's not that I hate my my friends and family and never want to see them kind of thing. I do want to have this giant party with them in the future sort of thing. And I do want to think about it all the time. And I do want to like, you know, make it special in the ways that I can with the time that I have. And I do want to also like not say, oh, it's definitely going to be 2021 sort of thing. It sucks. It's a balance. And you will figure out what pieces of that work best for you and and your coping mechanisms as you, we go through this. Yeah, man, if you are in a position where you have to reschedule something big, it is so OK to complain to your inner circle. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like you're allowed to experience disappointment, even if it's disappointment. That's not global or epic or hurting other people, even if it's personal disappointment. It's OK to feel that right now. Ideally, you are you are feeling a little bit of optimism too, like Trin's planning her extra extra stuff for her wedding, which is so lovely. But you know, if you can't do that, if you just want to be sad for a couple of days, that's okay too. I agree. Well, um, this has been friendshiping with Jen and Trin. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can at do friendship at Jen Dangerous and at Trin and Tonic. If you would like to send us a question, you know what? Please go for it. Friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to Monica Verma for being our agent. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for your design work. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing our theme song. Thank you to Alex Cox, our podfather and audio daddy. And thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. You friendship at the problem. I, um, I mean, we're not saying like, you know, plan a party for April 31st. I don't think April 31st is a real date, right? 30 days has September. I have no okay. idea. I have We're, no idea. I, there's no way to know either. <laughs>